favorite baseball town has its ups and downs and sometimes ups outnumber the downs but not in Birdland I'm inclined to believe if they don't improve Team might up and leave Might head to Nashville If this team had wings for flying That would leave those fans crying Can't there be no happiness for me Not in Birdland Welcome back to Bird's Eye View. When it comes to the Orioles, this weekly podcast is your official source for a lack of insight and for baseless opinions. Today is May 31st, 2021. It's Memorial Day, and this is episode 319. My name is Jake English. And I'm Scott Magnus. And on this week's show, we'll go through a little good news, bad news situation. And uh, we'll break down the inconvenient truce. Of Orioles baseball. And we'll do all that right after we lubricate the show. That's right. It's time for the drink of the week. Scotty, what is your drink uh, of the week? I'm doing a flying dog, a Chesapeake wheat. It's an American wheat. Um, my wife took a sip of this. Uh, she's a big wheat uh, fan, uh, but I, um, I'm i okay with this one. Um, I don't think it's anything to write home about. I guess if you're a wheat beer fan, uh, give it a shot. Otherwise, this is a hard pass for me. No. All right. Uh, I myself had an interesting week on the untapped. Started out with Was some, that a week or a week? We'll call it a week. A week. Uh, started out with a Juniperius IPA. Okay. Uh, but spent some time this weekend at uh, Independent Brewing Company, which is near us and also near and dear to our hearts. Uh, I, you know, sampled a, a couple, but I'm going to give the thumbs up to the uh, Blood Orange uh, IPA Ooh. there, a Blood Orange uh, Carpe Diem. So Blood Orange Carpe Diem. Though yum, yum. I am working my way through a rum and coke this evening, my drink of the week officially is going to go to Independence uh, Blood Orange uh, Carpe Diem. So no Michelob this week? No, no. You know, I, I stepped away from... Um, my one true love. Okay, gotcha. If you're interested to see what we are drinking throughout the week, particularly as the losses mount up, please check us out on Untapped. I'm at Jake E4025. I'm at MAGN8606. And with that, it's time for a checkup. Time for your checkup. Time for your checkup. I'm going to check your ears, check your eyes, find out how much you've grown. Time for your checkup. 
All right, Scotty. So uh, the medical wing is piling up a little bit. Let's take a look and see what's going on. Um, one of the things that I find fascinating is, um, you know, Stevie Wilkerson has just come up, but I want to take a look uh, at some of the other options in the minor leagues at uh, at the infield positions. And in order to do that, we need to go directly to the, the medical wing. Uh, Richie Martin, wrist fracture, out eight to 10 weeks, uh, maybe even 10 to 12 from where I saw uh, in some places. And he is on the 60-day IL. Yeah. So no bueno there. Uh, Ryland Bannon with an oblique. Oblique. He's on the seven-day IL. Uh, he headed there on the 28th of May. So, you know, even though pretty good uh, organizational depth, I would say that they're you know, a little bit thin right now just because of the... Uh, the injuries. But if we're going to talk obliques, let's talk about Hunter Harvey's oblique. He has been on a rehab assignment and um, apparently it's going well and he can be eligible to come off the IL as soon as tomorrow. Tomorrow. I mean, do you think we see him tomorrow? I mean, with the way that this team has been pitching, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, I wouldn't think it would have been the case, but you're absolutely right. I mean, the bullpen has absolutely been a travesty. I don't see how it hurts. Um, you know, for the Orioles to go and get him. Um, I know they already, you know, activated Dylan Tate. Um, I think Hunter Harvey is, you know, the next in line to basically come in. Sure. And, you know, again, we've talked about it in the past. Let's hope he can stay healthy. Yeah. Austin Hayes, uh, down with a hamstring. He hit the IL on the 26th of May. Once again, Austin Hayes can't stay healthy. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a real bummer because he's really fun to watch when he's, when he's right. Absolutely. Just, man. He's just not right is the best way to put it. Um, he gets hurt a lot. So, I mean, that's pretty much it for the medical wing, right? Well, there, I mean, there for, is for, for active Orioles players. Y- yes, there, there is a story that we would have talked about had we recorded last week. And I feel like it's the albatross in the room. Yeah. Chris Davis underwent arthroscopic left hip labrum surgery. Uh, what, two Wednesdays ago. He's out for the season with a recovery time of four to five months. I mean, this this has to be it, right? This this has to be the nail in the coffin that says that we have seen the last of Chris Davis as an Oriole. Listen, um, you know, maybe he goes into arthroscopic surgery. Maybe he goes into the offseason. You know, he rebuilds his whole swing um, at, the, you know, the middle 30s. Um, you know, he comes into spring training. He uh, Jake Fox is up and uh, maybe he starts the, the season with the team. How do we keep doing this to ourselves? <laughs> There's no way. There's no way. Welcome to Bird's Eye View. <laughs> uh, you're, you, I mean, in, in any logical basis, you would say this is the end. It's in time a, to move on. In a just and kind world. I mean, even for like a, you would think for like a 40-man roster standpoint, obviously he's not going to be a concern from a 40-man roster standpoint because he's going in the 60-day IL, but eventually it just doesn't make sense anymore. Um, yeah, I think this is the end. Um, Next year is the last year on his deal, right? Before they start paying him uh, bonus time or whatever. Is it next year or is it 2023? Oh, good God. I was hoping it was next year. I think it might be 2023. (laughs) Well, we uh, (laughs) enhance, enhance. Enhance. Um, Researches. Yeah, I'm going to pull it up, but um, Um, no, you're right. Um, He is signed um, in through 2022. So next year is his last year. Uh, and 2023, he is a, a free agent. So 2022 will be his last season. I, I feel like the Orioles probably cut him for that. And, you know, they're going to have to pay him a crap ton of money anyway. He's probably less 
I mean, do you just maybe hope though that you keep him on the roster and get hits by a bus and stuff? <laughs> no, no, I don't. I wouldn't put him through the pot. So you think this is it? Do you think that the Orioles have, in essence, said we we kick this curb long enough? Um, you know, we've got one year left. It's not worth it. It's time to make a move. Yes, one hundred percent. Why was that not the case three years ago? <laughs> I don't know, but I would have been looking into his hip a lot, a lot uh, more closely. Yeah. All right, so the medical wing, again, you know, starting to fill up, but uh, you know what's really happening these days? What's that? The interwebs. Ooh. Let's take a look at Orioles baseball at 280 characters or fewer this week on the Twitters. I'd like to start, as I always want to, with Matt Kremnitzer, who tweeted out yesterday, the Orioles are playing so bad, their game should be on Masson 3. And look, that's funny and all. Yeah. But then I started to think about it. Can you imagine what the alternate programming would be on Masson 3? Uh, it would be pretty amusing. I mean, the Orioles were on ESPN today, so that's kind of like Masson 3. Oh, yikes. I, I, you know, either rain delay or cut, you know, right after the game is over because the, the post-game show is like 45 seconds. Go to, uh, you know, it, it would be a step down from bull riding and poker and um, spike ball as it was this week. <laughs> That's a real horror show, Masson 3. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's been a real horror show. It's just, again, watching the Orioles on a daily basis. And, you know, it's coming to the fact that, you know, it's drawing attention. And, you know, at least no other national publication has really, you know, started to poke fun at the Orioles. No, never. Oh, wait. Uh, this next tweet comes from The Onion at The Onion. Norfolk Tide's third baseman sent down to Baltimore Orioles. The beautiful thing about this is that this tweet is actually from June 26th, 2019, which means that not only are we the butt of jokes, we are now recirculating, recirculating. as the butt of jokes, yeah. and that is delightful. Uh, next one comes from our good friend, Suspedis Family Barbecue. Um, their tweet is as follows. I remember an era long ago when the Baltimore Orioles actually won a baseball game. What was that like? I do not remember such an era. Yeah. I mean, uh, that, that must have been... They're young guys. They've got good memories. Yeah, they do. But uh, way back in the day, um, I seem to recall this. I can't think I came across a scroll. Um, this guy came down from the mountain and uh, just read it. No? No. 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 That was still still during the Dark Ages. Yeah. Our, our next and final tweet comes to us from Mark Viviano. He tweets, of course, at Mark WJZ. And I, I got to say... Mark Viviano is out here doing the Lord's work uh, on the Twitters, trying to stay positive, trying to stay realistic with people that are just angry. And so he responds to tweets of, of frustration with not not uh, visceral, not not nastiness. He's just out there to educate. So responding to, again, a frustrated tweet. Um, Mark writes as follows. It's hard to endure, yet the Astros' wretched stretch of 2009 to 2014 had them bottom out in the standings, attendance, and TV ratings only to emerge as a perennial power. Again, hashtag rebuilds are brutal, and there's no guarantee that they work as planned. I feel like you could see a tweet like this every hour from Mark Viviano. He, he's trying his best to remind people, hey, look, this is what we the Orioles signed up for. Yep. This is what we knew was going to happen. We don't know if it's going to work, but here we are. Let's yeah. not act surprised. Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, going into a half marathon and getting to mile three and being like, God, milk was a bad idea. <laughs> no, like it's, it's, it's going to be 
uh, it's going to be really harsh and it's really going to be tough in some instances, but uh, you just have to get gut through it is the best way to put it. Um, and um, there's going to be a lot of good times and there's going to be a lot of bad times. Well, speaking of gutting through it, uh, listener, uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to uh, subject you to additional bird's eye view content. But when we come back, I'd like to take a, a kind of look at some good news and some bad news that we've got for the last couple of weeks. Scotty. So obviously, um, you know, the, the Baltimore Orioles season is uh, in a place where we didn't expect it to be, or maybe it's at a place that we expected it to be, but not quite yet. Or anyway, it's a thing. But I, th- I feel like it's important that we stay level headed, that we be analytical about this. And we look at, you know, the goods and the bads of this up of the season that we're enduring right now. And so I'd like to go through just a couple of a quick hits, good news, bad news situations. So let's do this. Let's start with some good news. Okay. Okay. Oh, fine. Uh, a little hard to come by. I, I get that. Here's the bad news. Uh, the Orioles finished the month of May by going five and 23. Now we talked on this very program, Scotty, in a very positive way a few weeks ago about how, you know, things really were kind of okay and we're going along mostly, mostly fine. Yeah. Right. And if they could just it would almost um, make you want to say meh. Right. Right. And if they could just, you know, like tread water a little bit in May, they might, you know, have a surprising season. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, Slightly better than we were expecting is is the best way to put it. You know, nothing playoff worthy, not even 500 baseball, but, you know, maybe 70 plus wins. Like, and just be like, hey, you know, the future is bright if we're at 70 plus wins with this kind of talent. Instead. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I mean, this is a this is just a uh, they fell off the table. The, the thing that I think is is beautiful uh, garishly beautiful about this is that in in this horrible um, fall that they're in right now, they've also played games against the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Rays, and yep. so they're just like inflating the totals of the AL East. Yeah. Woof. Yeah, I mean, I I think I saw some tweet today in regards to like the Red Sox, and I think they posted like a five forty winning percentage uh, in the past month, and they still lost four games in the division <laughs> after going five forty. Um, so I think they have the highest winning percentage out of any fourth place team. Uh, so yeah, um, the Orioles are doing their darndest as it were to, uh, push up and say, man, the AL East is one of the best divisions out there in baseball. Asterix, except for the Baltimore Orioles. <laughs> Four fifths of the AL East is amazing. So the Orioles have lost 14 games straight. Oof. And that, that is a, that is a, you know, a headline grabber. Yeah. Um, and it's a headline grabber because they have lost consecutively only three games fewer than they've won this season. Jeez. Um, but beyond that, they have lost 
22 of their last 24. So that means they're two for 24. Yeah. Holy cow. And that's th- that's the thing that gets you because it sneaks up on you. Like w- very famously in 02, the Orioles went through that stretch where they were like four and 32 yeah. or something like that. And that's the stretch that hurts. Yeah. You know, maybe the uh, maybe the losing streak, you know, or losing streaks aren't that long. Yep. But consecutively stacked up between, you know, one win, it gets just brutal. Yeah. So I have a few questions. Okay. Um, so obviously, uh, Orioles are extremely bad right now. Um, you know, they went five and 23, um, you know, started the season off okay. Uh, and then completely skyfalled. So again, if we're looking historical context as it relates to the Dark Ages, um, we have seen um, other months like this. Uh, and I'm thinking back to September 2015. So Jake, I have to ask you this question. Have you remarried? <laughs> and are you to blame for this? Uh, no. Okay. No, I, I'm not. Yeah, actually, yeah. You have remarried. No, no, no. But I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm picking up what you're throwing down. So 2005, they went we were in first place for 62 games, right? Right. Like 60 games, and then it just fell off the table. Yeah, and especially September was really brutal. And so, uh, yeah, so we weren't even in first place. We were just not awful. Yeah. Yeah, so the Orioles are um, in a in a Dark Ages uh, free fall and... Uh, a funk, as it were. Yeah, I mean... Look, they can't be this bad, right? Like, no. The team never looks it never they're never as bad as they look at their worst. And I, I mean you can't say that this is not their worst. Yeah, I mean if we if we take a look at numbers um in general, you know, I think the runners in scoring position, uh, numbers that have been coming out um have been pretty pretty poor. And we'll get to that later on. But I don't think the orders are this bad. Um I do think it's somewhat of a statistical anomaly. Um but man, it's tough. And uh it's it's um it's it's just tough to watch and it's tough to turn in, um, and that, and that's all I'll say. Well, look, I don't want this to get you know no. super heavy. I don't want this to be a bash the Orioles. That's how we lose listeners on this program. Okay, <laughs> I don't want to just bash the team. So, Scotty, let's let's change up the pace a little bit, all right? Okay, let's um, let's go to some good news. Oh, you want some more good news? Absolutely. Um, okay, great. Oh, the. Uh, okay, uh, so a uh, little, little shy on the good news this week. That, yeah, that's okay. Let's let's go back to the bad news. Yeah, um, Scott, here's some bad news. Just being okay is not okay at the major league level. Yeah, and we've had a couple of examples of that over the last couple of weeks. Now, again, we have not graced these airwaves in the last two weeks, so we've got some some fresh news and some stale news. Let's start with the stale news. I want to go back all the way to Rio Ruiz. Yeah. DFA'd from the Baltimore Orioles. Future Jonathan Scope, DFA'd from the Baltimore Orioles. That's brutal. Uh, I'm really interested to see what Ruiz's season and career will look like. Um, because if any team could have waited to see. Yep. It, it's got to be this one, right? It's got to be the Baltimore Orioles because it's not like there's anybody beating at the door to come to that second base and say, let's play. Well, I mean... They brought up Stevie Wilkerson. And I reiterate my previous statement. There was nobody right. there beating at the door to say, hey, Rio Wees, it's time to get 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 going. So I understand the move to a certain regard, but I agree with you. Like, you know, just going back to the Chris Davis commentary, it's kind of odd that you just don't run with run with Rio Wees and just see what you can make happen with him. Right. Absolutely. I mean, you brought up, and I love Stevie Wilkerson, but Stevie Wilkerson is not. Steve Wilkinson and Stevie Wilkerson. He right. is a a poor man's Ryan Flaherty at best. 
at best. Absolutely. So, all right. Uh, what else is just okay and, and not good enough? Uh, Travis Lakin Sr., option to the Tides. In his place, Brandon Waddell. Now you're making names up now. I, I feel like I am. This is a this is a name that that the player name generator from video games comes. Yeah, up this with. is this is a made up name. But uh, I mean, sure. Uh, again, to get removed from this team, this is the team that is currently hiding Rule Five picks because they're terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fine. Uh, here's something that I found interesting. Uh, Anthony Santander came back yep. from the IL as expected. He's alive again. Uh, but our choices were DJ Stewart and Ryan McKenna. Yeah. And I think we talked about it on our last podcast and we said, I'm assuming DJ Stewart is going back to Norfolk, uh, and Ryan McKenna will, would, would stay up here. And I think you disagreed with that. I think you said, well, Ryan McKenna makes a lot more sense to me. Um, I think he's the obvious choice, but I think as a fourth outfielder, his skills are better. Yeah, and I mean, I will say that DJ Stewart has improved dramatically for to being a defensive outfielder, but not to the same degree that Ryan McKenna is. Um, so yeah, um, a, a little surprised that the Orioles decided to go with the DJ Stewart Anthony Santander platoon, um, but to each their own. And it's also with, you know, Cedric Mullins now going, I mean, uh, being the only center fielder um, and Austin Hayes now on the IL. I don't know. It's kind of odd to me. Just kind of odd. And like I said, it doesn't really matter, but just a weird move to me. I can't wait to see DJ Stewart out there patrolling center. Uh, Stevie Wilkerson would go out to center field, I think, as the backup. You are not wrong. Yeah. Wow. I did not even think of that. And you are not incorrect. All right. uh, What about uh, more recent moves? Yeah, so I mean, I think the big news that came out uh, today was um, Chancisco optioned uh, in favor of Austin Wins, and uh, the Orioles had made an announcement saying they were going to do something to shake up the catching, um, and there was this conversation of whether it was going to be Pedro Severino being DFA'd or Chancisco being optioned. The Orioles decided to go with a more conservative move, option Cisco back uh, to the minors and bring up Austin Wins. Um, you know, there's been a lot of talk about defensively um, how catchers are doing, and certainly. Chancisco has been doing better as of lately, um, holding runners accountable. Um, but I don't think it's just the aspect of throwing out runners. We've talked about this with Severino and Cisco. Plate framing is poor for both of them. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how Austin wins does. And wins is also swinging a hot bat right now. So I think the Orioles are trying to hope that maybe he can spur something on um, to break the Orioles out of this, you know, recent turmoil i don't understand why you want to shake up the catching situation it was already shaky enough oh you're right (laughs) yeah it's it was bad there's no question about that but yeah a lot of um a lot of intriguing moves um in in terms of um some things that the Orioles are doing um you know i wouldn't say anything groundbreaking but some interesting standpoints like you said where um the Orioles are not just sitting around and being like well it is what it is they are trying to uh, rearrange the deck chairs on the Titanic, as it were, <laughs> um, in order to try to try to prevent it from sinking so quickly. All right. Uh, again, getting a little tired of bad news. Uh, why don't we go ahead and talk about some good news again? And um, there, there's got to be something here that we can talk about. Let's. Oh, I think I found some good news. One second. Let me let me pull this up. Nope, there was nothing under there except for a tumbleweed, apparently. Um, I didn't realize there'd be tumbleweeds in SD Studios, but um, 
evidently there is a little bit of wind as well. So um, I love what losses have done to the place. Absolutely. Um, so bad news. Um, the Madison Cup, near and dear to my heart, very much in danger. Uh, the Nat Series, uh, not a fun series whatsoever. Um, you know, I think the Orioles always played the Nationals really competitively, and um, yeah, wasn't the case whatsoever. Um, yeah, that's it's tough. I, the the series was not fun. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in many ways, I feel like the Orioles just looked outclassed, and that's that's generally not the case. But you mentioned the the Masson Cup. Yep. The rivalry between the Orioles and the Nationals makes me think of the very real ongoing uh, battle that the Orioles and the Nationals are engaged in from a business standpoint. Mm-hmm. And I got to thinking, and then I I fell into a dark place. Mm-hmm. And so, it's time for conspiracy theory, uh, theory theater. Sure. Um, I want you to come with me on this one. Okay. okay. It's a bit of a stretch. All but right. I think the more you think about it, the uh-huh. more it will make sense. Yeah. Major League Baseball. Uh-huh. Shook up the uh, minor league system. Uh-huh. Okay. Removed a fair number of, of teams from the minor league systems. And uh, in addition to that, created its own property, which is called the Dream League. Mm-hmm. This affected uh, the Baltimore Orioles yep. in the fact that the Frederick Keys were removed from the Orioles system. And at the time, we thought, that's weird. Yep. Right? Frederick draws, right? Frederick is a, you know, it's a, it's a great place. It's a prime location. It does well, um, you know, certainly better than some of these other affiliates. Uh, so it's confusing that, that that would have been selected. Yep. Let me ask you this, mm-hmm. Scott. Right there in Frederick, mm-hmm. an exurb, if you will, of Washington. Yep. Do you think there are any legs to the thought of Major League Baseball pulling the Orioles affiliate out of the Washington exurb area and ceding more territory and influence to the Nationals because Major League Baseball wants the Baltimore Orioles to more favorably resolve the Masson situation? Ooh. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that you brought this up. I've been looking into this deeply. Um, and, um, I've got some information here, um, groundbreaking. Um, so, um, what I had to do was I actually had to go out to the greater Frederick area. Um, and I came across an informant that was based out of a pizza parlor in the Frederick area. Um, you know, he had indicated to me that the MLB had done some shady practices out of that pizza parlor. Um, and they were trading information back and forth, as it were. Um, and there was an indication that uh, Major League Baseball had, in essence, uh, removed Frederick um, off the map in order to further out this conspiracy, as it were, to transform the Frederick metropolitan area into Washington fans. So um, what I decided to do was I decided to, you know, look around, try to figure out, like, how is this, you know, inoculation occurring? Um, and, and what I came across was... Um, I came across this this basis where um, apparently um, local Walgreens in the area for Frederick are actually um, putting out Nationals gear in order to spur them on in order to do so. And within each of this Nationals gear, there is a little tiny microchip um, that is present um, that you know transmits information back to Major League Baseball so that advanced media knows exactly what their consumers truly want. I now really regret having opened my mouth. <laughs> However, that story you just told was far more entertaining than the Washington series 
this month. <laughs> or most of Orioles baseball for the past two weeks. Look, that was a cheap shot. I apologize. Baseball has been entertaining. I need to stop doing that. I need to be better. Scott, <clears throat> let's go and uh, let's go to another good news story. Sure. Ooh, that that might take us a while to get there. Yeah, I mean it's only going at twenty four kilobytes per second right now. <laughs> All right, well let's uh, we'll wait for it. It'll come back to us. Uh, but let's let's go to some bad news, Scotty. <clears throat> I don't want to make too much of this, uh, but for a brief period of time, it appeared that Cedric Mullins was mortal after all. Yeah, he but, he had it everything together, no question about it. After the uh, last two weeks, uh, we've seen you know his his uh, average climb down under three hundred. It was really bad two weeks ago, but for the last fourteen days, he's had a weighted runs created plus of eighty five, um, and it was you know twenty nine the week before that. Yeah. But his uh, his WOBA has been uh, two eighty nine, and again, average is about three twenty, uh, and his K percentage is way up to twenty six point four. I'm not saying that he's a bum. I'm not saying he's dumb. He's done. What I am saying is that it's been a bummer that he's been mortal again because we've become I don't know if custom is the right word, but we were talking about how they were going to keep him off the All Star team if he kept this up, and apparently this is the answer. Yeah, I mean, we we all knew that Charlotte Mullins was going to return to a little bit of normalcy. You know, I will point out that, you know, 14 days at a weighted runs created a plus of 85. I I don't think it's, you know, astronomically terrible, um, all things considering. But I think adding this on top of, you know, really bad baseball that we have seen for the Baltimore Orioles, at least there's a positive that you can take out of watching, you know, good players like Trey Mancini, uh, John Means, Cedric Mullins. Um, and to see Mullins plummet uh, in 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 tandem with the rest of the Orioles team um, is disappointing. Um, but again, I'm not willing to write off Cedric Mullins at this point. And like I said, I, I don't think he's an all-star. And I don't know if I ever thought he truly was an all-star. Um, but what I would say is Cedric Mullins is still showing me something from his plate discipline and his plate approach that I'm going to put a little asterisk on this bad news and just say uh, he is mortal. Um but he's still got some superpowers. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Th- thank you. Thank no you problem. for taking this bad news story and turning that around. Well, it took me like three minutes because that's how long the download actually took to get out of my mouth. So <laughs> I appreciate that. All right. Well, uh, we've, we've walked through that bad news. Let's, uh, let's see if we can scrape out a little, uh, little good news. Is that Brandon Hyde? I I thought he was going to share something with us, yeah. but uh, we'll we'll have to come back to us. Um, okay, so good news a little <clears throat> a little tough to come by, but that that's okay. We've we've got something else. Let's let's go back to the bad news. Mm-hmm. So um, when it comes to the Baltimore Orioles uh, pitching rotation, it's basically John Means and pray for the sweet release of death, yeah. right? Yikes. I mean, outside of, you know, again, we're talking here on uh, the 31st, that's uh, Memorial Day. Uh, Lopez had a, a great outing yeah, today. I very mean, good. By by all accounts. Yeah. Uh, but that is very much an outlier. Yeah. Um, and, and one of the things that I'm so disappointed with, and again, maybe disappointment is not a fair reaction, but one of the things I'm so disappointed with is just how not serviceable 
Matt Harvey has been. Yeah, he's self-destructed is the best way to put it. I mean, we were talking a few weeks back with Alex Fast and thinking that he might be a trade candidate. Um, and um, yeah, I, I don't see it anymore is the best way to put it. I mean, uh, he has been absolutely atrocious in the month of May. Yeah, and his last five starts, the thing that, that drives me nuts, as we've talked about, is that his longest outing was 4.1 innings. Yeah, I mean, even if, um, you know, he's getting his pitch count up, which was, you know, more my basis in April, um, he is getting rocked um, as of lately with a lot of hard hit balls. Uh, and certainly that's coming up in his ERA and everything like that, too. But yeah, Matt Harvey has not fooled anyone in May whatsoever, in extremely disappointing. And then that has also taxed the bullpen accordingly as well well you, t- you talk about the bullpen one of the things that i thought was hysterical was that uh stevie wilkerson had been on the roster for three days before he was called in to pitch in a mop-up capacity at a 12 uh, 10 to 1 loss uh we just can't seem to get anybody right in the bullpen i mean at this point valdez has, has been pulled out of the um the the closing situation of course they're not winning games so you know closer doesn't really exist um but everybody's been been crap out there with the exception of paul fry yeah but paul fry's definitely been um the one positive and again um it's i feel like it's a big asterisk for paul fry too it's like okay well he's doing okay but it's not like he's being thrown into high leverage situations um so like call me negative but i'm not big on paul fry um i don't see it um but yeah i mean there, there's not much to write home about as it relates to any of the pitching, um, and that includes John Means. And it's really surprising because, you know, the Orioles' bullpen, um, even last year, did a really nice job. And um, this month of May, it's been absolutely abysmal. Um, I mean, even just thinking along the lines of several games that have been close or high-leverage situations where the Orioles are ahead going into the 17th and 9th, uh, and the Orioles are just not able to maintain the games. Um, and we end up in extra innings. We end up with ghost runners. And uh, nothing good comes from ghost runners, as Jake English says. I, I do not, I do not like them, Sam. I do I not am. like them, Sam. I am. <sighs> you would not use them with a fox. <laughs> you would not put them in a box. <laughs> I would not, indeed. Uh, all right, I, I very much do not want to talk about uh, the bullpen. So let's, let's, <clears throat> let's move on. Let's try to find ourselves a good news story. Oh, just hang, hang on. I don't get there in a sec. I know, I know. We appreciate your patience during this brief delay. Assistance is just ahead. Your battery. <laughs> yeah, they'll pick up. Don't worry. Don't worry. It's the Orioles' good news line. They'll, yeah. they'll pick up. They'll pick up. Anytime. Who do you think is British in the warehouse Someone that recorded this? will be this? with you very shortly. And we thank you again for your patronage. Pick up. Pick up. All right, well, they'll have to get back to us. Maybe we can leave a message off mic. Um, let's <clears throat> let's go to the bad news then, because uh, that's apparently how this is going. Uh, the Orioles are completely incapable of manufacturing runs right now. Very much so. What is that about? Um, What's the deal with lack of run production? And it's been this way for the entire season. I mean, I think they were like 28th or 29th. Um, with runners in scoring position for quite some time now. And I think I was looking at the basis of Woba um, at that time. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. I mean, a part of me wants to say it's just a statistical anomaly, but how can it last this long? <laughs> Scott, we're not considering the clutchiness. This team just isn't clutch. 
Uh, maybe that's the case, but I just also think it's just a basis of this team doesn't really have a ton of talent. Um, but I mean, e- even outside of that basis of a talent level standpoint, these are astronomically bad luck numbers. So, um, I, I think the Orioles are eventually going to, you know, turn it around in the near future. Um, but for right now, um, you know, we were talking about runners in scoring position. Um, those numbers are absolutely god awful. Um, it, it absolutely awful. So uh, Sunday that they played Washington, uh, what was that Sunday? That was Sunday the twenty third. Yep. Okay. Uh, the Orioles went three for four with runners in scoring. Okay, position. that's yep. pretty good. Yeah. Since that time, and this is uh, okay. Uh, so that's a little over a week. So right. eight eight games. And this is thanks to uh, Nathan Ruiz, by the way, who put this together, uh, or at least tweeted it out. Uh, since that game. The Orioles are five for seventy-two. Ooh. Five for seventy-two, which you know, if you care about batting average, is a not so nice sixty-nine. And uh, yeah, yeah, that uh, that was capped off today uh, with three at bats with the tying run at third Ooh. in the bottom of the tenth. That is a good way to send your fan base home happy on Memorial Day. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, that, I mean, it's just brutal. And the thing is, is that this is one of those areas where, you know, you talked about, um, you know, it's just a, an astronomically weird stretch that the, the numbers, you know, just, you know, weird, weird stuff. But I think this is probably one of those areas where, you know, the fact that these are human beings that are trying really, really yeah. hard gets into that where, it, you know, it's a collective Everybody is pushing cooker. and everyone is, in essence, you know, you know, doing stuff that they probably shouldn't be from a play discipline standpoint. Um, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right that I think this is a um, a cataclysm of just basically um, everything coming and converging on each other. You know, and, and it makes me think a lot about Brandon Hyde. And, uh, you know, there was some conversation about Brandon Hyde this week on the social networks. Um, But this, I think, is the test of his tenure here. And not, can he turn this team around? Sure. Uh, And not, you know, can he get back to winning? But what does he do with the psyche of a Ryan Mountcastle? Yep. How does he support uh, Trey Mancini, right? How does he do the things that, you know, a manager of a winning club might not this is, you know, the real test, I think. And uh, look, eventually, it, they just they can't keep doing this, right? So eventually, it'll it'll you know get back to the mean. But it is really brutal or to get, watch. Or get back to the means. <laughs> it's just brutal to watch right now. It is brutal. One of the things, uh, you know, I I I threw uh, threw some shade there at uh, Derek Arnold for blowing up our mentions uh, with Brandon Hyde. But I think a lot about, uh, you know, Derek, because he, he tweets out, you know, that's so O's when, when yep. something happens. And that is like, that is becoming brand, right? Runners on scoring position, uh, you know, when they fail to get there, that's so O's. And um, so, Scotty, if, if you will, um, if you will allow it, um I, I have something, I, I brought you something that, that makes me think that is so O's. Here we go again 
another wasted night. Somebody's has been is swinging in the box. Somebody's color is disappointing again. Oreos tears in my eyes. Can't advance running. Air and throws. Short inning starters. Bullpen blows. Flip on to Masson. Commiserate with Jimmy. I find it troubling as losses mount up. We always find a new low. Team is a heartbreaker. That is so. Oh, oh, oh. this game was a Watch you, you never could do baseball fundamentals that win you for games. So I said, This game is another slide away from meaningful games in any month, and that's not cool. That is so oh. oh, oh. Found Rutschman, the farm's good, or so I hear the losses this season awaken dark age feelings like O2 and 18. Your fans are drowning in the shame. Oh, oh no. So yeah, every everything's fine. Fine.
Nope, no runners in scoring position. Fine, that's that's so O's. Blow another lead. That, that's that's fine. It's so O's. That is it. I am no longer an Orioles fan. <laughs> Copy pasta was directly for you. Absolutely. Um. Yeah. So I mean, um, good times, everybody. Um. But hey, let's not dwell on the negative. And no, of course not. Let's just embrace um what we are as a franchise and an organization. Um, and let's get to the truth of the matter. So, Jake, uh, let's take a quick break um, and just discuss some truths that uh, need to be laid out for this organization going forward. Scotty, we uh, we're being honest with ourselves. The, uh, the team is not so hot right now. No, not not hot whatsoever. And I, I think we're trying to be honest with ourselves. I, I feel like you're a pretty truthful person. Uh, in most instances, you know, I'm like, yeah, um, everything's going great. Everything's awesome. And I, I think that people, you know, I hope would would say that I'm a a very truthful person. Well, I mean. Relatively. I mean, American University and, um, you know, political science major, we got to take that with a little bit of a grain of salt, but. All right. So if there are questions there, I think it's time that we. <laughs> There's a lot of questions about Jake English, but. <laughs> I, I think it's time that we uh, take a page out of some late night comedy shtick and find out which of us is more truthful. Sure. In a round of truth of truth. All right. Uh, so, Jake, uh, why don't you kick it off and, uh, and ask me uh, the, your first question? So, Scotty. <clears throat> we got a big choice here. Okay. Will it be truth or truth? I'm going to go with second. I'm going to go with truth. All right. All right. Uh, let me ask you this. Is there, deep down inside, in some dark part of you, a small inkling that is secretly leaning into this losing streak and would like to see the Orioles do something historic? Uh, so... No, I don't think there's something that is making me lean or into the basis of having to be done something historic. Because in reality, I just come back to be like, well, 1988, you know, the Orioles have already done something historic. What I do think that I'm somewhat leaning into more is now this basis of I'd like another top three draft pick. <laughs> um, and I think that's what I'm more leaning heavy in. And it's really odd because, you know, I looked at it, um, you know, going into May and I was looking at, you know, where the Orioles stood with the rest of the league. And I'm like, man, the Orioles might be like, you know, maybe a top 10 draft pick. Maybe they'll fall out of the top 10. I was just like, I wonder what that means for their rebuild if that happens in, in a meaningless season. Uh, and now I'm looking and I'm like, hey, bring it on. Like, uh, Bring me that slot money that I'm looking for. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, um, I would say that I'm leaning in towards losing baseball, but not so much on a historical basis, but more a monetary basis. I don't know what this says about me, but I feel like if it's going to be bad, yeah, I mean, let's do this thing. Yeah, I, I, I understand. And like I said, I think this comes back to people talking about like, Hey, the Orioles keep on giving up five runs from their pitchers and stuff like that. Like, whatever gets you through it, me personally, I'm just looking at it on the basis of um, giving my draft picks. And as long as we're getting something in the top five, I'm pretty happy. 
I feel like the the garishly beautiful thing that could happen yeah. in this season for me is for uh, John Means to go six or seven innings and then have the bullpen give up 30 plus. Yeah. That would be, I, I think if I could see something weird like that, that would really make this, this season, uh, special is the wrong word, uh, but it would notable. Yeah. I mean, I think we just need to see John Means turn an unassisted triple play for you. <laughs> That's possible. All right. So, Jake, truth or truth? That's easy. I'm going truth. All right. So, you mentioned Derek Arnold previously, and you mentioned your mentions blowing up. Uh, what do you say to folks that want to blame this recent downturn on Brandon Hyde? I feel like I, I don't want to be too hard on people that love the team, that are super frustrated, and and want to find a solution. And I and I also will say that there are plenty of games that elicit emotional responses from me that are not founded in what I like to think is is mm-hmm. deep thought. So and passion. I mean right, it, sure. it, there's a passion aspect. I mean it's your hometown you want to basically um support it and not um have your hometown be dragged through the mud. I will say, however, that I do not think that wins and losses is a thing that the manager can be responsible for, given the tools that he has. Right. And and I think that the things that the organization will judge him on are things that are more difficult for us to see. Sure. It's what takes place in the clubhouse. It's what takes place in the manager's office after a rough start. It's how he prepares his club. And even if that preparation doesn't end up in the win column, it, it may build a winning um, atmosphere. It may arm the the people that will be here uh, when the Orioles are good again with the tools that they need to succeed. And, and I can't, from my vantage point, judge that. Uh, so I will say to people that are calling for Brandon Hyde's head, um, that we can't make a move out of boredom, right? right? We can't make a move because something's got to happen because unless, unless, uh, we are damaging the goods that we have here, no, something doesn't have to happen. Yeah. yeah for all the folks that are blaming Brandon Hyde, how dare you attack my Muppet of a man? <laughs> uh, Scotty. This is where the rubber meets the road. Mm-hmm. All right. You have a choice to make, sir. Okay. And so I ask you, mm-hmm. do you want truth? I can just stop right there. I'll just take that one. But I've also got this truth. No, I'll take the first one. Is this truth? I just want the first one. Yes, the truth. truth. The, the one that I wanted originally before you gave me the second option. Truth. Yes. Okay. We're going we're gonna to go. We're going with the truth. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> Prince George's Stadium mm-hmm. in Bowie. Yep. Has a seating capacity of 10,000 persons. Yes. Lido's Field at Ripken Stadium has a capacity of 6,300 mm-hmm. persons combined. This is... Do the math. <laughs> Do the math, poli 16,300 <laughs> seats. And so, Scott... Yes. I'm going to ask you this, and I want you to answer honestly. Yeah. Do you think that there is a chance that <laughs> these two affiliates combined will give Baltimore a run for its money in attendance in 2021? Um, can I say yes, but with an asterisk? I love asterisks. Uh, I'm going to say yes. Um, uh, on the basis of, um, 
from this point moving forward. And, and the reason I'm saying that is if we take out the Red Sox and the Yankees series that we have already played, um, I, I do think there is a very good chance um, that um, Bowie and Aberdeen will potentially outpace uh, from an attendance basis going forward compared to uh, the Baltimore Orioles. What if I threw in Purdue Stadium in Salisbury? Oh, I guarantee it then. 5,200 persons. I, I st- I'll guarantee it at that point. If like you're giving me another stadium, like I'll, I'll, bet, I'll bet my mortgage on this, okay? I really, I really <laughs> at the end of the season, I want to remember this. Like yeah. I've got to write this down because I really want to check to see what happens. Uh, what I'm thinking is, uh, folks, I, I know we have people out there that are much more uh, technically savvy. If we could create a tracker where basically we pull attendance numbers on a daily basis and we could post that onto Twitter or our website, I would greatly appreciate you reaching out to me. <laughs> Did the affiliates outdraw the Orioles? Did the affiliates outdraw the Orioles? Yes or no? Um, Jake, truth or truth? <sighs> it's tough, um, but I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go truth. So it's funny, <laughs> your last question, because uh, my question is very much in tandem to this one as well. And it was, do you think you're going to go to more minor league baseball games than major league baseball games this year? I will definitely go to more major league games. Is that just because you have a season ticket plan? Yes. You do realize that you get two free tickets to go to major, minor league baseball games because you're a season ticket holder. That's phenomenal. Yeah. So do you still feel like you're going to go to more major league baseball games? Yes. Okay. All right. Good to know. I think that there will you probably, will be the only one in Baltimore that can make that answer. <laughs> there are probably going to be cheap seats to be had out there. For there will games. definitely be the case. All right, uh, I believe I'm back up again with the the age old question, Scotty. Yeah, I need you to think hard about this. Mm-hmm. All right, there's a lot riding on it. Yeah, and I need to know if you want to do truth or truth. Uh, I think I'm going to go with truth. Truth. <laughs> So you are not ready for truth, truth. Then I'll just go with regular truth. All right. Truth it is. Um, With everything that's happened. Yeah. And we've talked about a lot that's going on this season and and how unpleasant it can be. Yeah. With everything that's going on, as numbing as the constant losing is, at the major league level, all right, let's let's ignore the minor league system right now. At the major league level, what is the one thing despite the numbing effect that could still hurt you? What is the thing that still stings? I, I, I got this, and it actually happened earlier this week. Uh, and, you know, I started thinking about, you know, wins and losses don't really mean anything to me at this point. Um, but people and stories matter to me. Um, so when I saw Trey Mancini get injured, I got a really deep kind of pit in my stomach of like that's the one person that i don't want to see something bad happen to him in this given season um just in terms of how he's been performing lately just in terms of the rebound i just didn't want the story to end so i'm really glad to see him back in the lineup after taking a few days off but that's the kind of thing that could emotionally (laughs) wreck me pretty pretty quickly um, if he was announced like, hey, you know, you know, broke his hamate or, you know, there's an oblique injury, he's going to be out for a prolonged period of time. That's the kind of thing that um, would CC uh, Sabathia me, as it were, uh, and, and put me out of commission. That's a good answer. Yeah. That's a really good answer. 
Uh, so, uh, Jake, last question for you. Um, truth or truth? I am required uh, by contract uh, for this bit to to do truth. All right. So uh, I'm glad that you said that and you're under contract because obviously if you don't answer this honestly and uh, with full candidness, uh, you were kicked off the podcast um, and Alan and Sam come onto this podcast and assume it in its whole propriety. Do you remember when you were a free agent on the show? I, I do remember um, to check the status of that contract. Uh, trust me, you're, I keep, you're not getting me out of it. So uh, I'm going to milk it for everything it's worth. I'm going to be back in 2022, uh, and I'm only a free agent in 2023 again, but uh, I'm, I'm going to do this. But we are paying you until 2037. There's no question about it. Um, my agent got a good deal because I was a pitcher and an outfielder and a first baseman at the time. <laughs> um, so serious question here. Sure. Uh, and again, you've got to be perfectly candid here. Um, Jake. Why do you keep watching this team and forcing your son to do the same? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, I I actually am kind of worried about um, like wh- why a ten year old would latch on to this team. And it's it's funny because he'll he'll come downstairs in the morning and if there's a game that he had fallen asleep on or or just hadn't watched, he'll watch the the replays uh, the the highlights in the morning. And like I just wonder how how long he could possibly you know still emotionally connect to the team and then it got me to thinking of like how did i do that you're like why why would that have have bothered to to happen i don't know um i think the answer is you know in all seriousness i have a i have a baseball sickness right i mean i just you know i the one thing in all seriousness with my kid is that is really fun that without me pushing without it you know being a, an agenda i i do seem to have managed to to raise a seam head which is which is fun yeah. right he loves baseball he loves playing baseball he loves watching baseball um and so part of it is you know as we watch games together even if the game is terrible uh you know the company and the experience certainly makes up for for some of the result yeah and, and i think the biggest basis is um you know they're already, they're at a young enough age, as it were, where um, you know some bad baseball here and there is not going to make or break them. We are getting into um, a certain part of our life where we're just like, all right, when is it going to happen? It's got to happen, right? Because we're not going to be Cubs fans, hopefully. Um, but um, you know, I think we're not. They're not living or dying on every game or every pitch is the best way to put it. Like they're watching baseball just for the beauty of baseball. Um, and if the Orioles win, it's a great day. If the Orioles lose, Hey, we'll get them tomorrow. Um, you know, coming back to those fans that are calling for Brandon Hyde's fan head and stuff like that. Maybe that's a better way to approach it. Um, instead of, you know, thinking along the lines of, um, a baseball game speaks, um, you know, actual, actually something to their namesake or the city's namesake. Uh, and it is rather just, you know, something that is more for a child's amusement. I think uh, they need to give out orange slices at the end of every game. Listen, um, if we got to Camden Yards and they were giving out orange slices, there is no question that Orioles attendance would blow out minor league baseball. But they are not doing that. And as such, uh, they are going to lose the attendance war with the rest of the minor league staff. You heard it here first, folks. All right, I think we've done all the damage. If the warehouse can. announces orange slices going forward for the rest of the season, by gosh, I will know that there is a conspiracy amidst 
And someone within the warehouse is listening to the Bird's Eye View podcast. I can guarantee nobody's listening to the Bird's Eye View podcast. Um, someone is in a pizza parlor somewhere. <laughs> all right. We have, we've done all the damage we can do to the truth and to this podcast. Let's wrap up this segment and let's, uh, let's go back and uh, see who was the boss. Mm. Well, at least there's got Quinn Stefani. Well, it happened again. Um, yeah, the, I, I won last week's fantasy boss. Of course, we're talking about two weeks ago at this point. Uh, the category uh, Scott selection was over under for two point five stolen bases. I took the under, and in fact, there were zero bases. Uh, <laughs> surprise, surprise! And so uh, that means that uh, I am up now four to two in fantasy boss, uh, and I am back on the spot to select the category. So, Scotty, I was thinking about. Um, <clears throat> what did I wanted to do here? And I wanted to talk about isolated power, right? okay. the ISO. Um, but that is a statistic that can be warped a little bit in a, in a segment like fantasy boss by somebody getting too few at bats. Sure. So I'm going to just take a step back and say, which player over the next uh, week do you think is going to hit the most extra base hits? Um, all right. Um, I think I am going to go with, I think I'm going to go with Anthony Santander. That is a good answer. That is a good answer. I, uh, I'm i down with that. I It would be easy to take chalk, um, and it would be easy to say a Trey Mancini. Uh, but I think... So I'm, you're going to go with Austin Wins. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not going to go Austin Wins. Um, I'm gonna, I'm so you're going to go with Michael Franco. I'm, I'm not going to go with Michael Franco. Uh, I'm tempted. So Jake is going with Stevie Wilkerson. Uh, we will find out who owns it. No. <laughs> How hilarious would that be? Uh, I'm going to go with Freddie Galvis. Okay. I, uh, again, Freddie Galvis has been having a really nice season to this point. Um, and, you know, over the past 14 days, um, he's got 147 weighted runs created plus. Um, so, yeah, he's uh, hitting with a little bit of pop and actually is uh, leading the team right now in home runs over the past 14 days with five home runs. So, not a a crazy um crazy pick as it were. I think it's it's sneaky clever, and I look forward to uh, talking about my victory next. I week. look forward to us both looking back at the numbers, uh, and us both picking reasonable numbers in terms of Nancy Santander, um, and, and Freddie Galvis, and then looking at it and saying, "Wow, Stevie Wilkerson out hit both of them this week. How was that possible?" And you know that we're somebody's going to win, like you know, three to two or oh, something. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Or it'd be one nothing or something like that, um, knowing the Baltimore Orioles and their current aspects. So we will find out who owns it this week with extra base hits. Santander versus Freddie Galvis, who will own it. And with that, let's figure out who was good, who was bad, and who was ugly this past week.
That's right. It's time again for the good, the bad, and the ugly. I'm going to start out with my good. Hey, we found some good news. Uh, we just talked about him, though, uh, so I'll, I'll go right to it. My pick is Freddie Galvis. In fact, if we had had a show last week, yep. Freddie Galvis would have been my pick. In the last week, he had a weighted runs created plus of 180. Wow. Uh, he's backed off to a more reasonable 116 this week, but he did all of that. With a BABIP of 143. Wow, that's really impressive. Yeah, so, I mean, he's been hit in the face by the Luck Dragon and still managed to have himself a good week. One of the other things that I've been paying more close attention to, though, is his defense. Because you and I looked at his it's war. kind of questionable. Like, I was like, is it really that good? Right. And we were like, is this a factor? And I got to be honest, it was a good week defensively for him. Yeah, no, I agree with you about that. I mean, just looking at some of his range that he showed off... Um, you know, I, I still don't know if I would, you know, categorize him as a um, an above average defender. Um, but yeah, he had a good week um, and a good two weeks, honestly, in some really bad baseball. So yeah, Freddie Galvis, um, I think has been a really nice signing for the Baltimore Orioles, um, and, and I look forward to kind of seeing him, you know, at shortstop. Like I said, there's nobody there at second base to help him out. Um, but yeah, Freddie Galvis, thumbs up to him. Uh, I'm going chalk. You know, I talked about it earlier in terms of my 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 heart ending up in my stomach at one point. But uh, Trey Mancini, I think, is just doing some really impressive things as of lately, um, both offensively, um, you know, leading uh, Major League Baseball for a time there in RBIs. Um, it, Trey Mancini is just an amazing story. Um, and I want to see him play in and out and just continue to, um, you know, have success within this 2021 season. You know, over the past two weeks, he's got a 229 weighted gardens created plus and four home runs. Um, and just doing a really nice job with his on-base percentage. He's got a 457 on-base percentage, even over this two-week uh, disaster um, of performance. So Trey Mancini is my good for the week. Again, kind of chalk, um, but Trey Mancini um, is playing really well, um, is the best way to put it. All right, let's uh, let's go to some bad news. I'm actually going to, this is a little weird, but I'm going to say Pat Valaika. Okay. And you may be asking yourself, how? How does Pat Valaika factor into your bad? He had You had some bad meat this week? <laughs> he had 10 plate appearances. How, how in the world could you care about Pat Valaika? Well, with what he's got, he's done nothing, right? He had a way to run created plus of 43. But my question to you is this. What is the purpose of a Pat Valaika on a team that has Stevie Wilkerson. Pat Valaika was a useful piece for this team. But now that Stevie Wilkerson is here, and again, he is a less capable Ryan Flaherty. He is not God's gift to baseball. But now that he's here, why? Why do we have Pat Valaika? And I think that Pat Valaika needs to step it up if he's going to stay on the club, because otherwise he's going to find himself in Norfolk. Yeah. Uh, my bat's going to go to John Means. You know, Jake, you talked about it earlier in the, in the show. But John Means is just really not showing anything. And, and I come back to this point of it's not just the bad pitching. It's also, again, like you said, not being able to go deep into games and really putting uh, more of an emphasis on the bullpen. Matt Harvey? I'm oh, sorry. Matt Harvey, not John Means. John Means actually didn't do so well either um, this past week. Um, but but Matt Harvey's been pretty pretty poor. He has been wretched. Yeah. All right, Scotty, for my, uh, geez, I, there's so many uglies that we could talk about. Would you like me to use a previous bevies uh, standpoint here? And I can just rip down the curtain. We can use it again. Yeah, sure. All sure. right. Let me, let me pull this down and, oh, hey, you want to take, take it for, take, take it for test drive? It's the wheel. It's the wheel. All right, Scotty, spin that wheel. 
Come on, baby. Come on. Come on. <gasps> okay, so looking number 52. Let me flip to the page here. Okay. It's uh it's the easy one. Yeah. The ugly thing is the complete inability to hit with runners in scoring position. Absolutely. It has become comical. It has become comical that this team can't get it. And I have talked at ad nauseum on this program about hating knowing how the, the game is going to end, right? Something happens in the six and you're like, well, this, this is how the game plays out. And you saw this today on social media where the Orioles gave up runs uh, late in the game, what, in the ninth inning? Yep. And people were like, well, of course this game is going to end three to two. Yeah. That's exactly how this game is yeah. going to end. And with the tying run on third, yep. they just they, they couldn't, couldn't do, do it. anything about it. Which, again, not surprising. It's like you could just script it out. You know, Rockabaka could sit in the press box and type up his article, um, and he already knew how it was going to end. It's... I think the better way to put a put a finger on it, it's the hopelessness. Yeah. That's the thing that's ugly this week. Again, it's worse than than, you know, it it it, it feels worse than it is and eventually it'll wrap up, but the sheer hopelessness, haplessness of this club is just ugly right now. Yeah, so my ugly is going to go to a similar regard, um, you know, yeah, you know, just watching Orioles baseball right now is a, is a drag. And like I said, you know, the fact that folks are turning into this podcast and listening to it, thank you. Um, this is a tough time to, in essence, follow Orioles baseball. Um, it's really easy to, you know, be an ostrich and just basically put your head in the sand and, and get through it. Um, but yeah, baseball right now within Baltimore is extremely ugly and it's extremely difficult to watch. However, that being said, there is a lot of really fun baseball going about. You know, we've talked about the minor league baseball. We talked about, you know, Bowie doing so well. Um, you know, a lot of promotions also from uh, from Aberdeen into Bowie as well. Um, you know, Bowie, Aberdeen, DeMarva are all doing so great. Um, you know, you've got to get a little excited for it. Um, and you've got to kind of have to look past the now and just be thinking about more of the what if. And I know that's a tough thing for Orioles fans. Um, having gone through the dark ages and everything like that, but come to know the names of it, you know, give a follow and live us into the verge. It's an Orioles podcast talking about some of the minor leaguers. They do great stuff down there. Um, just like I said, it's an opportunity for, to broaden your horizon as it were, in terms of a baseball fan, broaden your perspective and get a feel for who that nucleus is going to be. Um, and I think that's an important basis for us to all step back from, and occasionally think about it of, um, you know, why do I love this game? Why do I love the Baltimore Orioles? Um, you know, thinking back to 2012, 2014, 2016, even, even though it ended heartbreakingly, fun baseball is right around the corner. You just have to wait a little bit longer. But for right now, it's extremely ugly. <laughs> Very much so. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, uh, why don't we go ahead and blow the save? Uh, and Jake, uh, I'm going to let you take it away. A weird thing happened, Scott. A couple of weeks ago, uh, at this point, uh, your family, my family, uh, and, and another, uh, we went camping to Elk Neck State Park in uh, Cecil County. 
Philadelphia Phillies territory. It was a great time. Yeah. It was a great time. Uh, I had a blast. And I have been watching the Baltimore Orioles for a long time at this point. But something happened for the first time on that camping trip. Okay. I saw an actual Baltimore Oriole in the wild, the bird, for the first time in my life. And I have lived in the fertile crescent of civilization that is the Baltimore suburbs my entire life. Mm -hmm. I had never, ever seen an actual Oriole. It was funny. There were two of them, uh, and they were um, in a disagreement with a crow over, I'm sure, some food situation. And the two of them chased the crow away from the campsite, which shows uh, that those two birds had more fight in them than the baseball team did this month. Ba-bum! So, it was cool. Um, because I... Uh, birds. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And that's our show. Remember, you can find this and our entire catalog of indispensable episodes at birdseyeviewbaltimore.com. Bird's Eye View is available for download wherever it is you get your podcast. Subscribe to that show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. Please remember to rate and view the show. We appreciate the feedback and it encourages other people to listen for the first time. Come and get social with us. You can email us at contact at birdseyeviewbaltimore.com. You can find us on social media on Instagram, Facebook, or Snapchat. But the best way to get a hold of us, of course, is on Twitter, where we tweet at birdseyeview. And with that, Baltimore and beyond, I will bid you all a fond adieu adieu. Good night, Baltimore. Be safe out there. And please, let's go O's. Ghost Runners. Ghost Runners. Every time. The worst. The worst. The worst. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.